Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Grassroots Pharmacy. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We are recording here in Kansas City for the last time. Kentucky just fell in overtime to Auburn, 77-71. to um, We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about what the players have to, had to say after the game. Um, I don't know, Kyle. I guess maybe the – I was – this is a, a bad joke, but I think it's fairly accurate. I was joking with some of the people who write that they can just copy and paste portions of their Kansas State columns and yeah. and use them again and just change the teams and change the name of the coach. You just drop uh, Pearl instead of Weber in there because they're both Bruce's. Yeah, and, uh, <coughs> you know, unfortunately for Kentucky – the best free throw shooting team by percentage that John Calipari's had at Kentucky went and laid an egg at the free throw line. What did they finish? I've got, I've, for some reason, I have only a regulation box score. <laughs> um, free throw, Kentucky was 12 of 21. So they missed nine. Free As th- everybody knows, a year ago, P.J. Washington was 12 of 20 at the free throw line against Kansas State in a game that they lost by three. Uh, today... You can't – unfortunately, that is a that is a story because yeah. it happened again to him. What did he finish? I think five of nine. He finished six of 11. Six of 11. Missed five free throws. He also missed the front of two one-and-ones. Those are killers. killers. Um, but I don't think you can really put this one on P.J. Washington, free throws or not. And he obviously didn't have an abysmal – quite the abysmal day he did last year in the Sweet 16. But he, he played 37 minutes – on the bad foot after a huge performance in the Sweet 16 two nights ago. And he ended up with 28 points. It was at 12 rebounds, two blocks, and two steals. Um, and he said after the game he, he left everything he had on the floor, that he, he emptied his tank, and he tried to drag him. He hit a three late to give him an opportunity to, to you know keep hoping in the last few seconds. But uh, at the end of the day, this really came down to one, the free throws, and two, Kentucky uh, couldn't initiate very much offense with its guards. The guards well. were just generally bad, and they were roasted defensively. I mean, Kentucky's guards got thoroughly outplayed by Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, mm-hmm. and that was the story. I mean, those guys combined for what, like 50 points? Yes, 50, 50 um, total between them. Ashton Hagens had seven turnovers. It was a really rough day for him. He did make some plays down the stretch, but he, he was – a liability. You know, the hero of last game, Tyler Hero, played very poorly. Yes. And Emmanuel Quickly, who had hit a couple big threes, he hit his I think he hit his first one or second one today. Did the dance. And then went one for six from three. And then he didn't do the dance he again. He did not do the dance again. Um, you know, we had Jamal Baker foul on a four-point play when uh, Auburn really started making its move. Tyler Hero fouled a three-point shooter as well. And even though and that is a was you know by the by the way, Kentucky was up eleven, yep. with like nine minutes to go in the first half, and it looked like another route was on. I mean, everybody in the building was said, "Here, go, here they go." So Kentucky's like. going to blow this team out again. The last team to beat Auburn was Kentucky, and it was by twenty-seven points without Reed Travis. Today, 
I, another thing I would point out, Reed Travis played way too much. He played 44 of 45 minutes. He was did everything he could. He fought. He made some big plays. He also killed them at times on the defensive end because they were getting by the primary defender and or swear or getting him in a uh, switch. As soon as, and, you know, it, no, either way, um, with as talented as the Auburn guards are, anytime they went pick and roll, either you switched it and Travis was on it and he, they had no beat. chance, <laughs> or you don't switch it and when you're in a pick and roll situation and you don't switch if there's not a perfect hedge, then the, the guard's at the basket. And that happened over and over and over again. And Jared Harper's just too fast. He's little, and it was hard to shoot over guys. I mean, they got what they wanted from the three-point, you know, in terms of slowing. What they, Auburn only hit seven threes for the game. Auburn finished seven of twenty-three from I mean, the they three. Started like one for nine or ten. That's thirty thirty point four percent from behind the arc. Which, if you say Auburn shoots thirty percent, only makes seven threes. You win. You assume K- you Kentucky win. Kentucky wins that game. Um, but instead, what happened in the second half was they realized we can attack Kentucky, and, yep. and instead of trying to shoot over those long arms, we can run by those guys, and they did. Jared Harper just started going turbocharged to the basket and getting making every layup. Yeah, and then and then. Um, Bryce Brown, uh, Tyler Hero, there was no chance of him defending him, and and it's not necessarily a knock on Hero's defense. I think in a lot of a lot of instances, uh, he was just superior. He was just getting into the lane and then jumping and hitting that shot. I mean, it was it was pretty indefensible. Um, so I mean, that's just good players, and w- that's what happens when you get to this kind of game. Uh, so, and I mean, Kentucky ran into the hottest team in America. I think we can say that now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, put it to put it in perspective, it just did just go Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, back to back to back to make a Final Four, and played today without Chuma Okiki, and played and that today was the without other their, their best big men. In the second half, during a big moment in a timeout, they it was to me a little bit uh, crass, maybe I don't know if that's the right yeah, word. Yeah, that was they rolled Chuma Okiki in a wheelchair to the bench during a timeout mm-hmm. in like a very dramatic scene. It was a, a emotional scene. It was great for him and all the teammates when you know. Dapped him up. said hi to him, and they proceeded to beat Kentucky. Uh, but that underscores the fact they were without Chumo Kiki, who had like 20 and 11 to beat North Carolina before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. One of their best players of late. And Kentucky still could not win that game. Uh, um, this one's going to sting people. You know, it's going to have Kentucky, some Kentucky fans fighting mad. They had sort of the, the yellow brick road to the Final Four people Again. fought last year. Maybe that's didn't, the, maybe you know, that's didn't the problem. It. John Calipari doesn't do well when Final Fours are laid out easily for him. I mean, easily in the sense of how you got to get to a Final Four. Because, I mean, you beat Omer twice. Uh, both games you controlled. One, you didn't have Reed Travis and you blow him out. I, I don't think anybody... I, the way this happened was just different than you would have laid it out. As yep. we said, if Auburn was going to win, you just said they hit a ton of threes. And I thought that was possible. Uh, maybe unlikely, but for to Kentucky's Kentucky's second half offense here in Kansas City was nothing sort of atrocious in both games. Yeah, I mean because that was the same deal. They had the big lead early against Houston and almost gave it away. Yes, I mean really, they could have. This could have been the same story we were writing two nights ago. Yeah, if a couple shots draw for, for Houston. I mean Kentucky was on the ropes. They're down three with under a minute to go in that one. Um, I guess we should get to the fact that well, you know, the, uh, the thing happens in the post-game locker room where everybody kind of gets says, we'll, what's we'll, going on with your yeah, future. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get to that next. Um, but I do want to tell you guys um, about Grassroots Pharmacy real quick. Um, I'm 
going to be completely frank. I don't have my copy in front of me, but I'm going to tell you how awesome they are. And you can go to their website and just Google Grassroots Pharmacy. I actually got my first prescription filled over there. Oh, nice. Um, transferred all my stuff over there. Super helpful, super nice, super awesome store, honestly. Um, it's over in the Hamburg. It's next to the, the Regal, the cinema there. So when you're going over that way, you can just go find it. It's got a big sign up. We'll, we tweet out the logo when we do the bracket challenge, which... Kyle is currently in ninetieth ninetieth place. Uh, they brought to you all our the bracket challenge, so we appreciate them. Um, super friendly. Um, I was talking to actually my doctor, and they said that her her daughter was going to be a pharmacist and was hoping to get on rotation at Grassroots Pharmacy because they really help the pharmacy students, and they're going to help you as well. That's what their their whole kind of mantra is. So go check them out, uh, so you can get some personalized care. Um, there. Apologies again for all the rolling that yep. goes by. We a lot of, we're sitting in these arenas after games and people start rolling tanks by us. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's get into the what was said in the post-game locker room. Um, overarchingly, lots of non-committal stuff because that's what yeah that's what happens. But I think some some things some guys said were a little bit surprising. Yeah. I mean, like you know. Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery and Emmanuel Quickly, guys that you'd think might have just an easy answer mm-hmm. to say, like, of course I'm going to be back. Said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to talk it over with my family. That's not going to make anybody feel great. Um, I almost wonder if they just say, have, say, everybody they, do that. They may have coached because they all basically had the same answer. Uh, Ashton Hagens, you know, kind of gave some hypotheticals, like, well, if I did come back, like, you know, I would obviously tell these guys to. You know, this is what we need to work on. And all those guys said they're going to be right back in the gym. Keldon Johnson said he didn't know. PJ, I mean, every, PJ, the one guy we know, PJ Washington, is gone. There's no chance he's coming back. And he said, I don't know. So that's kind of where we were in the honesty department. Um, yeah. Tyler Hero, I said, is there any chance you could see yourself in that Kentucky jersey again next year? And he said, of course. I love Kentucky. I love it here. Like, I love Lexington. So if you want something... If you want one thing to try to hold on to that's probably false hope but might make you feel a little better imagining Tyler Hero as a sophomore at Kentucky, uh, go for that. Uh, if somehow if somehow they could get Hagens and Hero to come back uh, with Maxie and the, the p- players they're going to have, they could be really good. Mm-hmm. But one thing that tonight showed was that those freshman guards are not ready. No. You know, Tyler Hero is probably going to be a first-round draft pick. He's got enough that he's going to probably be okay, and he probably should go. But they have holes in their game. They yes. can still lay, lay an egg. Tyler Hero laid an egg. They didn't play very good defensively. They got exposed by Auburn's far less heralded, heralded and much smaller guards. Um, there's plenty to work on. You, you'd like to think those guys, or at least a couple of them, would say, I need work. You know? Well, you, I mean – and um, we'll go, we'll obviously be covering all this in the upcoming weeks, uh, as whatever we learn about it, guys' draft status will be updated on these podcasts constantly. Uh, but I mean, just just setting it together, and I'll see if you completely agree. Washington, obviously, Travis graduates. Washington gone. He has nothing left to prove. Keldon Johnson, fringe lottery probably at this point would most likely gone. Tyler Hero first round draft pick has potential to maybe work up in the lottery depending on how he he works out. So I think those four it's are the, I think three, the first three are gone and okay. Tyler Hero is very likely gone. Yeah, you would say lean towards. And so then it puts up the other guys. Um, and so, you know, as Kyle said, they all said that they have 
to talk to their families, talk to this, talk to that. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that as that goes on. But I do want to talk about the um, scene in the locker room a little bit. As you would imagine, super emotional. Um, as we were leaving, I saw you, you were talking to Emmanuel quickly as that we were about to, everyone was about to exit the locker room. And did you see Keldon Johnson in the corner? He was, I tweeted a picture of it. Okay. He's yeah, balled up. So I'll retweet it from the, the show account at Locked On UK. It was, I mean, he was, yes, he was in, like, he looked like he was almost in the fetal position and tears were completely streaming down his face. He was obviously very, very, very. Was tank rolled by. Very sad. Um, so, I, I mean, those, those situations are always just tough to be in. Um, I don't think P.J. Washington looked up from the ground the entire time he talked to he the didn't media. That I saw, he just kept his head buried. Um, you know, it's hard. He, he said it felt like all the hard work we put in just went down the drain. You know, and a lot of guys mentioned that they hated that they couldn't get Reed to Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, they were so close to getting Reed Travis. Hall. I mean, what that is a a heartbreaking thing for that kid. Yeah, you know, he comes to Kentucky. He wants to chase a national title. And he's, you know, five points or whatever it was away. Well, he's one point in regulation. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's disappointed. Um, and he said, you know, as, as thoughtful as you would expect from Reed Travis, he said, you know, it's not just Minneapolis. It's that, like, basketball, college basketball is over for me. Like, I've been doing this for five years. Yeah. You know? uh, this is like, I always know what's next, and now I don't know what's next. And because he's not on anybody's draft board. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to be a pro. He's probably going to play professionally somewhere. Yeah. He doesn't know where. Um, you know, and it's just a different world out there when you're out, once you get out of college. And I think that was kind of hitting him. Certainly hitting him that Reed isn't, or hitting Reed that he isn't going to get to go home to Minneapolis, which his grandmother and all these other people kind of desperately wanted. So pretty sad. I mean, I think we sort of addressed this a couple of years ago with the idea that these guys are here for a short period of time and they don't form bonds and brotherhoods and don't care about winning. They only care about the draft. And, you know, then you saw Bam out of bio and, and De'Aaron Fox just sobbing mm-hmm. on each other when they lost in the Elite Eight. Um, and you saw a lot of that, a lot yeah. of red eyes. I mean, Ashton Hagen's eyes were completely, well, like, uh, bloodshot. I red. didn't. Did he get poked in the eye, though? Oh, yeah. Maybe it was from that. Cause I, I, well, no. I mean, it was still clear that he had been crying. Been crying yeah. um, but, like, his right eye, it had looked a, like it like had it been was poked. Like bloody. Yeah, yeah, the blood where a blood vessel had popped in there. But, I mean, still, yeah, they, they'd all... I mean, he, Reed Travis looked the, le- the least emotional, <laughs> I mean, of, of all the yeah. guys probably just... And he had a really interesting line. He, he talked about... Someone asked him if there would be a moment in this game that he'll, like, think back to... You know that could have potentially got him there, and obviously, I mean, what he missed a front end. Or free, a front end so I mean, I think they missed three or four front yeah, ends. Yeah, one I mean, ones. there's probably a bunch that he could, but he he said he's not thinking about that right now. And it was this is kind of counterintuitive, but as we've said many a times with Reed Travis, his perspective and his intelligence is probably far greater than um, maybe anybody in the <laughs> whole program. I don't want to overstate it too much, but he said that. Right, he wanted to enjoy this moment, and it was weird to hear him say, "I want to enjoy this moment after this loss." But he then quickly pointed out it was the last time that these guys are going to be together as a team. Yeah. And uh, we talked about you know guys going pro early, but Travis is obviously done. So this team is this team is there's no more of this team, even if 
PJ made the crazy decision to come back or anything like that. And so he he kind of put it. I, I've never on. I, I can't recall someone kind of thinking out loud like that so quickly after such a heartbreaking loss. But I expect nothing less from Ray Travis. Honestly, at this point, and um, from a selfish perspective. I really hope John Calipari gets another grad transfer who is as awesome <laughs> like, to talk like to Reed as Travis, as yeah. Reed Travis. He's yeah, been just we, he's been awesome to cover this whole season. And this tournament sort of made you think like um how unfortunate it is we didn't get to talk to Reed Travis more in sort yeah. of more unform informal settings like the open locker yes, rooms. Yes, just, just talk to him. This is my plea <laughs> that I'm sure no one at UK is listening to. Open your locker room up. At least do it a few times a year because the real downer when the team doesn't go, you know, whenever it gets cut short, is because every is that every round is another couple days of an open locker room of uh, starting in the elite eight, and then they're getting lo- even longer at the final four breakout rooms with these guys where we can get them for a long period of time in small groups or one on one. Yeah, this this right here is like when we finally get to know these guys yep. and uh, their stories and their personalities. Like you never see them in the locker room after wins and, and losses. Um, and you saw that personality come out. You saw Keldon going around the locker room with his little microphone and dancing. Mm-hmm. By the way, he wasn't perfect, but Keldon Johnson came Played like very tried well. very hard to wheel this team forward. He, I think he and PJ were really the only two guys who can leave this game without their heads hanging. Except he did make one kind of boneheaded play late, but he he ended up with a double double. What do you have? Four, Fourteen and ten. Fourteen and ten. Yeah, he had three assists, a couple a steal and a block. He had a stretch where he had, uh, he had a, I think a, a dunk, a floater, a big block, a steal, and something else. And he came, he went running down the court, flexing at, the, at at those guys. I mean, it looked like Kentucky was cooked in regulation. It was it was impressive for them to get it yeah. to overtime, but uh, you know the guards could not get anything done. And that's going forward, whether it's the current group or some of the current group, or Tyrese Maxey or in whatever they do in recruiting. Um, they've got to be better on the perimeter. They got to be better, you know, mm-hmm. keeping guys in front of them. They got to be better at being able to create in the half court. I mean, Kentucky's half half court offense was a mess today. They just couldn't get anything out of those guys. Um, and if you're looking sort of forward thinking about the program, you know, is it time to, you know, I hate to jump right back on this after uh, abandoning it when they were playing well. But early in the season, after the Duke game and some of the early struggles, you say, does, does Cal need to open up this offense? Does he need to change uh, his offensive approach, his style? Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not probably smart enough to definitively answer that. But what is clear is that today yeah. and in some other games when they struggled, their guards got outplayed. Yeah, we're going to take another quick break here, um, but and we're going to after that we're going to talk about the the Ashton Hagen staying in his point guard decision. I'm going to read you what John Calipari had to say at the podium, and uh, then we'll tell you our, our schedule going forward uh, with the podcast. So um, this is at risk. We are recording literally. We started rolling on this podcast as Bruce Pearl was still talking at the podium. So we did not. We have not commented on what John Calipari had to say. We have no idea what's going on at that point. But I got a got the quote sheet, so I'm going to read it. And this is always, as we've talked about, kind of difficult to read a John Calipari quote uh, from from a text document because he talks weirdly. Um, but the, the overarching on social media from what I saw, everybody was questioning why is Ashton Hagen's in the game? Why is Ashton Hagen's in the game? Um, John Calipari said after the game, well, you go through a whole season and some stuff, and some of the stuff 
you have to understand it's bigger than one game. I know everybody will go nuts and say, what are you talking about? There are times you have to let guys play through stuff, and you go to get them to change on run on a run. Then they understand the only thing they're trying to conquer is themselves. If you don't like how you're playing, change. Emmanuel couldn't make a shot, so he wasn't exactly playing confidently either. We put Jamal in. He got scored on a few times, and he fouled. I felt comfortable with Ashton. I know he was turning it over, but, you know, Tyler, uh, well, we just guys didn't play well. All right, so that's where that's a horrible Cal- yeah, that's where John Calipari starts to him and Hall. Um, but I will let think, me, let me send no, hold on. Let me just, like, couch <laughs> it real quick um, and say that the, he basically said that he trusted. I felt, here's the, I felt comfortable with Ashton. Yeah, I, I mean, mean to synthesize it, like what was the other option? There wasn't one. Everyone, I mean, Emmanuel, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like everybody can say, "What's he doing in there?" Emmanuel quickly couldn't do it today. Yep, one for six. The only thing he brings to the table that that Ashton doesn't is he can make a shot usually better, and he wasn't making any shots. Well, he wasn't running the offense any better. He wasn't defending any better. Tyler Hero couldn't get anything going. I guess the the one option is maybe you try to basically play with Tyler here at point guard, but you haven't done that all year. Yeah, that's, You're not that's, like it's not your that's not your offense. Um, and that goes to and then, the, and then you put a completely un, undefend like a guy you don't need who doesn't need to be defended off the ball. Yeah, I mean, who, who's on the wing then if Tyler's at the point? Emmanuel quickly was one for six. Ashton Hagens, who they were happy to leave wide open. Well, nonstop. I, I think um, I Jamal guess. Baker who fouled a. It gave up a four-point play. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and it was this was to your point about Reed Travis. He let let guys in play too many minutes. He, he definitely did there. You could have you could have maybe. I mean, what? How many minutes did Nick Richards play? I think it was just one because it was immediate because Reed got out on the back end of a timeout and then Richards did something and I can't remember exactly what it was. Cal got mad and yanked him. I'd like to know. That's the one I'd like to know. What's the thinking there? You know, forty-four seconds and like. 44 seconds is you know, how much Nick, Nick Richards Nick Richards played. was a guy who I said, you know, do you know what you're going to do? Can you definitely say you're back next season? He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I don't think I'm being inflammatory here to say giving Nick Richards 44 seconds in a game where Reed Travis was getting beat defensively and played 44 minutes on yeah. a sprained knee may have cost you Nick Richards. Yeah. I um, mean, he did not look happy at all. I mean, nobody looked happy in that locker room, but I, I you know – are you are you mad as hell if you're Nick Richards? Probably. He fouled a guy. That's why he was taken out, I okay. guess, so quickly. Well, um, but I mean, what's worse, fouling a guy in your 44 seconds or getting beat constant. over and over and over yeah, again? And like Lee Travis has dragged Kentucky in some huge games and huge moments, and he made some big plays today. But he this wasn't a great matchup for him. Remember, when they beat Auburn by 27 <laughs> points, they did it without Reed Travis. Yeah. Because maybe he's a bad matchup in this game, and I like I do think if you want to you want to question sort of roster manipulation, Retrav yeah. is getting forty four minutes. Yeah, you're looking. We're it, is uh, not great. I think of the the common complaint about Hagens. It's not that he was good, but you had no other options on the wing that had yeah. that had proven anything. Um, and so you might want to look as Kyle just pointed out to the other side. So. Um, like, we'll uh, we'll probably do some retrospective on the season going forward and that kind of deal. Well, I, mean, I think I, you know, I'm just talking out loud here. Hopefully, I think we ought to do sort of a, a PJ Washington appreciation episode. We can maybe. do a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah, um, we uh, there's obviously we're still going to be Monday through Friday for 30 minutes. Just to, but to give you guys a heads up, this is tech. This is the Tuesday podcast. It'll be out on Sunday evening. 
uh, hopefully maybe Monday morning. Um, but so we're, we got a podcast ahead through our schedule because we recorded right after the Houston win on Friday. So, so we're, we're going to skip one this week. Um, we'll, we'll update you on the social media when that'll be. It'll probably be the one after this. We pr- probably won't record on Monday night because uh, Kyle and I will both be traveling and it'll be hard to link up. So, uh, but just stay, stay tuned to, to the social media feeds and our, our social media feed. As I always like follow Kyle on Tucker and read all his stuff on the athletic. It might be a little, little tough to, as a Kentucky fan to check it out but if you can go back and enjoy those moments you had an awesome that we talked about on the last podcast about the PJ and Tyler's dad and Emmanuel's dance and, and all those things and um, I, obviously you'll have something on, on this game coming up I'll have a bunch of post game interviews on my timeline at Curtis Birch B-U-R-C-H and on BigBlueInsider.com uh, Kyle is on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H um, be sure to be following the show accounts at Locked On UK and find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Thanks again to Grassroots Pharmacy for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll let you know at the end of the tournament who won all those fantastic prizes in our bracket challenge, and then we will mock Kyle once again for how terrible he is at predicting things. So long from Kansas City. Are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Um, uh, we're going to take another quick break here, and then we're going to wrap. So, um, oh, we're going to... 8, 30, 19...